Maybe I'm crazy, but I'm going to explain cancel culture. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. Welcome to Maybe I'm Crazy Podcast. I'm Joy Taylor. Thanks so much for joining us. Charlotte Wilder joins us today, Fox Sports host, host of the People's Sports Podcast. She's amazing. We talk about everything, all the NFL offseason drama, the NBA, All-Star, everything that's going on, NBA MVP, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, everything that's going on. Um, she's awesome. Whole crazy gang is here, Donnie, Heller, and T. Um, lots to talk about today. Uh, happy Fat Tuesday. Normally, I would be in New Orleans today. I would be very intoxicated. I am wearing my uh, Preservation Hall band t-shirt. It's a very awesome place. When everything is open, go to Preservation Hall and check out the band there. Um, I miss you, New Orleans. Hopefully next year I can be there uh, drinking way too much alcohol and not documenting it for social media. Uh, let's get started with Charlotte Wilder. All right. Very excited to have a, uh, well, not really new anymore. You've been with Fox for a uh, for a while now, um, but sort of newish to <laughs> Fox Sports, Charlotte Wilder, and she is the also a, she's a host, but also the host of the People's Sports Podcast with Mike Titus. Um, we were we were supposed to coordinate, but COVID and uh, busy schedules, we didn't uh, in person. But very soon, hopefully, uh, when the world opens. But thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. Uh, I love the poster behind you, by the way. <laughs> I thought you might like that. I thought you might like that one. Um, yeah, no, you know, thank you so much for having me. I'm so psyched. I It's so strange because, you know, you say new and I'm like, yeah, no, I'm still new. We're coming up on a year, but until you like meet the people you work with, which just happened two weeks ago, I was like, and I was like, oh, well, I'm new here. And they were like, honestly, half of our team is actually newer than you are. So... It's yeah, like it's so like you're, you're not really new. Um, but yeah, it's it's so it's such a different, different world. Uh, but we're navigating, we're getting through it, we're getting through it. Hopefully, we sure are. We'll see, we'll see what happens. Knock on wood. <laughs> um, but we did get through the NFL season. Um, and somehow Tom Brady, you know, wins another Super Bowl. I didn't mm-hmm. call that. I thought they'd make the playoffs and win a playoff game, maybe two. I didn't see the Super Bowl. And uh, I, I also picked the Chiefs. I didn't pick the Chiefs with any kind of conviction, obviously, though. Because at that point, I mean, what anything could happen, and it did. He's going for his eighth. Um, we assumed he wasn't going to retire because he's just never – he's just going to play forever at this point. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as as we all know, things change in the offseason. There's free agency. There's injuries throughout the season. Do you think it's possible he wins an eighth Super Bowl? Yes, Joy. I think not only is it possible, I think it's going to happen next year. Like I, I am so he, the thing that Brady does is anytime someone tells him he can't do something is that he just then tries to go do it. You know, it's like, oh, you know, you're, and, and he harped on the whole six round pick out of Michigan thing for like way too long. But the joke with Pats fans to me, which I, I am one before before all the Pats fans listening to this yell at me on the internet, I am one of you. So, um, you know, try to have a sense of humor about it. But, you know, the underdog mentality that, you know, the Pats are going to their sixth Super Bowl and Boston's like, no one believes in us. It's like literally everybody believes in you. But I think Tom Brady going to the Bucks was his way of being like, I'm going to up the degree of difficulty here and do it at an age no one has ever done it. And then I'm going to do it again to me would be like the most, Brady thing ever and they looked good out there I mean I you know they looked like a really complete team so if they if everybody comes back I think that they're going to be I know repeating is very hard to do but I kind of feel like at this point why count them out yeah I'm with you on that and I'm I'm so with you on the uh like New England versus oh everyone. You guys, you guys are favored to win the Super Bowl every year. Like, every what are year. you talking about? Just manufactured, like, bullshit about everybody hating. Like, everyone hates you because you win. Everyone doesn't hate you because they think it's over. Thank you for saying that because it's. I've been saying that well, for years. It drives me nuts. I mean, Joy, one thing on that that's funny to me is that I, I tweeted something about how I was like, oh, my God, it's actually hilarious that, you know, the, the Patriots got fans for two decades to buy into this no fun puritanical culture like they literally got fans to work for work to root for work they're like do your job like you know we hate weekends like and it was this mentality and then brady goes to tampa 
wins with Gronk, who's, you know, been in the WWE by that point, has a total blast, gets hammered on a yacht, and you're just like, it's the greatest troll of all time to me, is that New England fans, you know, thought you had to do it and have no joy in it. And I tweeted that, and I just got, you know, the internet just, like, lit me up. Pats fans were like, oh, does this duck boat celebration not look like fun? I was like, no, it doesn't, when you compare it to what they're doing in Tampa, to be perfectly honest. No, it doesn't. It's not, not at all. Like, if, no. you've, been on, if you've been on a boat in Florida, it's like, yeah, well, okay. <laughs> Enjoy yourselves, if right, you say so. Totally. Um, but to that point, Bruce Arian said that he, that Brady wanted to try and do it a different way. He wanted to, you know, take a different path. Mm-hmm. We kind of talked about this a little bit when Philadelphia won, because Philadelphia was all about the, like, we do it the fun way. Like, totally. We have fun. <laughs> and, you know, I was, I was kind of like, eh, okay, like, let's, that's it. It's fun. Okay. And celebrate. Winning is fun. All right. Yep. But winning is also work. And when you get to the top, which is very, very hard to do. To your point, it's very hard to repeat. It's hard, very difficult to stay at the top. Yep. So, you know, all that fun stuff, obviously Philadelphia is a shit show now, but <laughs> are are the shots at Belichick getting a little out of hand? Because I I don't, I'm with you. Like I'm not an aunt for the man. And like, I, I like to work hard, but like, I also shut it down in a big way when it's time. <laughs> so, so like, I, I think that hard work and consistency is important. And I think that's what Brady brought to uh, Tampa, but like mm-hmm. similarly how LeBron went to Miami and won yeah. and then brought that to Cleveland. Like, yeah. I don't like the idea necessarily, like all that no fun, hard work stuff is like silly. I totally agree. I think that I mean, I, I I think that there's a the happy medium, right? Which is you don't want going to work to be miserable. Um, but you also, if you're kidding yourself, if you, you know, the whole saying like, do what you love, it's like, yeah, you can love it, but that doesn't mean it doesn't take work and dedication and days where you would rather not work. Like, of course that's going to happen. So I think the idea that for, for Belichick and Brady, you can't separate their narrative. Like who knows, who knows what would have happened if it had, if he, if one of them hadn't been there, um, maybe it worked for them at the time, maybe it continued to work for them. But I, I do think that it is a bit of an indictment on Belichick that the roster is also falling apart at the same time that all of this is going on. You know, it doesn't seem like he found a way to keep that momentum going. He's famously bad at drafting. Um, and so I think that you can kind of set your own terms and say, you know, we're not going to have fun here if you can back it up. And right now it's looking a little less back upable at the moment. So it's maybe like maybe they could have had fun doing it, too. Or maybe there could have been a little less of that rigidity. But at the same time, we'll never know because you can't go back and do it again. Right. Well, it's like it's just like everything else. It's like it's balance, like enjoy totally. what you're doing and don't make it stressful. Everyone. I say this while I'm, I've got Brian Flores, Belichick disciple. Uh, there's joy and hard work. I love that though. I mean, for you, that's perfect. Yeah. It's special. And he signed it and he doesn't, he doesn't, uh, sign in cursive. He's writes Brian Flores, just- <laughs> which, which I love, which I, I love. That's um, such a baller move. <laughs> it is. I have a lot of time for this. Um, so we're in a new era, uh, similar to the NBA free agency and off season where it's just madness. Um, mm-hmm. Only it's the NFL. And a lot of it has to do, or most of it has to do in my opinion, because there's quarterbacks moving now. So we, we've got the stars and the franchise changers moving around, which is something that we really never used to see. Do you like the quarterbacks are being more uh, mobile in the off season <laughs> on the field? Um yeah, you know, I do. And and the reason that I do is very um, simple, which is that I love gossip. Like I, I am obsessed with celebrity gossip. I follow like all the bachelor stuff. I I've always been this way. And the reason that I, I think part of me loves sports so much is because it really is just gossip. Like all we're doing is sitting here talking about other people. And so when you have more movement like that in the league, and then it brings up more discussion and it's like, is this, is this good? I don't know. It's something to talk about, you know, and it's a change that we haven't seen from, you know, one guy going to one team and then staying there forever. And and it's interesting in the era of the NBA where player empowerment is such a big part of, um, this world, which I, I know we'll get to in, in a little bit here, but um, I think it's just fascinating to see players putting their foot down, especially guys like Deshaun Watson, or I mean, who knows with Russell Wilson, who have no trade 
clauses in their contract where they're like, oh no, not only do I want out of here, but I get to approve where I go. And that's the kind of, I think it's going to result in probably better football too, to a certain extent and, and also worse football. And maybe, maybe it's less league parody, but I mean, I just love having more things to sort of consider and talk about. No, I'm, I'm with you. We're like, we're soulmates in that regard. I'm like, we, I, I'm in the content business. Yes. This is brilliant. Why do you not, you know, when it really hit me was, I mean, I don't say it was three or four years ago. I think it was three years ago where uh-huh. there was just this rash of, injuries to so many superstars like it felt like half of the league's stars were injured and it was like what are we doing here like why are we not elevating more stars like half the quarterbacks are out who are we even watching and like why are you not elevating your stars the way that the NBA does that comes Mm -hmm. with us with other things like people want to control their careers and maybe ask for trades and things like that but there's a balance to it that we know everybody more personally. We know their stories. We know what their personalities are. Like when the NFL wouldn't let anyone celebrate, like for what? Like this is entertainment. We want totally. to be entertained. Give us, give us the content, feed us, feed us. Like <laughs> totally. and we're only going to talk about it because the NFL is king. So I love that they're moving in that direction. And I'm totally with you, like the gossip. By the way, side note, I am so glad that Matt sent that crazy girl home. (gasps) And I'm calling her crazy because it is a crazy thing to do. It's crazy. Absolutely insane. I mean, we should, maybe we should start our own Bachelor podcast, Joy. I don't know. There's a lot to talk about there. So this is my first season watching The Bachelor. Uh Uh-huh. This is first Black Bachelor. I'm like, I'm going to support. Yep. And I am just, I'm like, I'm blown away by the entire concept. Like every week I'm texting my group chat, like, is this normal? <laughs> no, seriously. What is happening right now? It's um, like yeah, psychological manipulation. I think it's awful and I can't stop watching it. There's no way I would participate in this. Ever. I don't even think I could be the bachelorette. I'm no. too mean. So I, there's just no way. There's some, there's just, they'd be like, all right, you gotta- You'd make nice. for great TV though. I don't I don't think people would like me very much. I would, I'm not, I'm, I I'm would. not that, I'm, I'm not that nice. You, people think I'm nicer than I am. Um, <laughs> where do you think Deshaun Watson ends up? Oh man, I kind of think he's just going to end up with the Texans, to be honest. Like, I don't know if they're going to, wouldn't that be insane if they just didn't let him leave? I mean, it's a rebuild. So you'd think they'd be like, you know what, let's just cut our losses now. Let's let him go. I, I kind of think Miami, because did you, did you see that picture? You're you're from Miami, right? Uh, I, I lived there for 10 years. I went to okay. college there. So it's it's like my second home, but okay. I, I, I grew up in Pittsburgh. Okay, right, um, right. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see him in Miami. I'm not as uh, attached to Tua as the rest of the fans and organization, but I would love to see him in Miami. I mean, did you see the picture of him out with some, I forget who, what guys it was, but his Uh, brand manager. uh, Yes. uh, Wilkins and a couple other guys. Yeah. It was his Clemson buddies. Um, And his Watson's brand manager tweeted it out or posted it on Instagram. I can't remember which. So to me, that's sort of like, that feels pretty calculated. Like clearly maybe he would like to end up there maybe. And because he does well, have I think that- the report was that he, his two preferences were the jets because of Robert Sala and mm-hmm. the dolphins because of Brian Flores. And obviously they're, you know, closer to winning. than It's almost like jets. hiring people who aren't all white makes the difference. Huh? Yeah. Kind of makes you think. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> think about it. Uh, um, would you think that Russell Wilson is going to go anywhere? Oh man. I mean, I don't, but then you read the stats of how many times he's been hit. He's been hit the most of any quarterback since 1970. I think I read. And I was like, uh, I would probably want out to be honest. Like, and yes, he scrambles a lot. I get it. But like, you have this amazing quarterback and you're not gonna, it's like, it's what drove me crazy about watching Joe Burrow this, this season. I was like, Oh my God, can someone protect this guy? And with Russ, it's been like 10 years of that. So um, I don't really think so. I feel like he has enough sway there. And I mean, they'd take like 39 million, uh, in dead money if, the, or if they let him go. So probably not, but it'd be kind of fun. Where would, where would you want to see him? Like, where do you think he would be fun? Well, his, his money, like I haven't actually given where he would go much thought. Cause I'm like, he's not going anywhere. Right. Like, he's not, it's so too much money. And like, there's what the Seahawks would have to be insane to trade him. Like yes. Deshaun Watson and, and the Texans is a completely different situation. Is a complete, it's just a complete circus in, te- in, in Houston. It's You've so got dysfunctional. This, this preacher 
like somebody's youth pastor up here trying to do the like, crip walk. What? Uh, it's it's like I can't I can't I honestly can't give them any more of my energy. I right. have to protect my energy at this point in yes. life, and like the Texans <laughs> don't deserve my energy. So like I'm fully support. I'm not that I support anybody who wants to do whatever they want. Like I don't care. Right. Um. Right. But the Texans are dysfunctional. The Seahawks, like the the offensive line situation, and you're absolutely right. He's with the statistic on how many times he's been hit. But like. It just feels more like they're more fixable. I totally agree. And and I feel like they have a huge incentive, a $39 million incentive to fix or $69 million over however many years. But they have a huge incentive to fix it. I think that they can. I mean, they've won a Super Bowl. Like, clearly, they can do things right when they want to. Right. Um, but... I, I do think the difference in these organizations where it's, I feel like the Seahawks are an organization that like kind of teeters on like, are they okay? Are things okay there? And then they sort of like manage to write the ship and then other places like the Texans just like descend into chaos. So no, I I'm totally with you. I do not see Russ going absolutely anywhere. I also feel like he kind of, he's like too nice almost to be like, do you know what I mean? He's like, well, that's well part, Seattle like, so raised me, so. For the Texans, um, like, you think he's going to end up staying with the Texans. I don't, because I think Deshaun's prepared to make it ugly and, like, not yeah. show up and maybe not even play. Like, maybe do a Le'Veon Bell and not play. So, you know, I, I could see that happening. Because he because there's no way Deshaun's going to lose the support of the fans because oh, everyone really? knows Deshaun is a great guy and they know how what a disaster the Texans are. And genuinely, we want to see stars in places that they can thrive like as fans as like media members like we want to watch good football we don't want to watch Deshaun Watson running around for his life putting up unbelievable numbers and then going four and 12 like we don't see that so but with the with with the Seahawks I couldn't I don't see mm -mm, like I don't I don't see Russell Wilson like not playing or doing anything. Oh God, crazy. no. I can't see him missing a game, let alone a season. I, I do wonder if with the Texans, if Deshaun decides to sit, if they keep him and he sits, how many games it takes for before he wins the game of chicken. Cause Deshaun's going to win this one. Yeah. But if he's, if he's there at the start of the season, it's going to be, I mean, yeah. And, and good for him. I, I, I was shocked when he started tweeting things because, you know, I've, I've interviewed him a few times and he is just like, very soft-spoken, a real sweetheart. And I was just like, good for you, Deshaun. <laughs> like, no, and he's, been, he's you. been a great soldier for them. He has, and he, and, he can only yeah. do it for so long. No, you, you, you shouldn't do it. He shouldn't do it anymore. He shouldn't I, do I, it at all. <laughs> I, I agree with him. Do whatever you need to, bro. Right. Get out of there. Right. Um, all right, so let's talk a little NBA. Uh, yeah. We're nearing the All-Star break, which is going to be interesting. All-Star game. Oh, I was no, at the no. All-Star game last year in Chicago, um, and now Chicago is like getting 10 feet of snow as is, I guess, the rest of the country as well. I know. Um, right. Where are you right now? I'm in New York. I'm in Brooklyn. Okay. So you're getting, you're getting snow too. Um, but not, I guess not as bad as Chicago. I don't know. Is it as bad as Chicago? No, God, no. I mean, someone, someone just texted me and was like, Hey, how much snow are you guys getting? And I was like, I did not know we were getting snow, but now I will check the weather. <laughs> But no, 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 Chicago's bad and it's like 10 degrees. So yeah. Um, but anyway, so all-star was in Chicago last year. They're going to have it in Atlanta this year, obviously, because Atlanta is the only place in the country that is completely open. Other fans can fans go. I don't know what they're going to, I'm assuming they're going to have some kind of fans. Maybe they'll do something similar to what the NFL did and like have vaccinated healthcare workers. Yeah. Yeah. The NBA usually does the right thing when it comes to that. I I know a lot of players were saying that we shouldn't have an all-star. I don't agree with that. Like we're moving. You have a season. Like you have a season. Why not do it? Bubble. Okay. Understandable. But like, you know, we're we're not in the bubble. So just, I think you should have it, but obviously their concern is it's Atlanta and are people going to go out and you know, well, that's why you have testing. So yep. uh, <laughs> you'll find out. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, who is your, who is your MVP so far? I think I wouldn't have said this a month ago, but I think Steph, but I, but I really think it depends on how you define MVP because that to me, you know, it's like, is this, it worked out with the NFL this year that Aaron Rodgers happened to be the best player on a team that made it as close as you can get without getting to the Super Bowl. I do wonder if, should we think of it as like, I would love to see the award go to more guys where say their teams go, you know, what, like say they have an average record in the NBA, but there's this one guy who has put up insane numbers, whose team would have completely tanked if it hadn't been for him. 
give that guy the award, which right now is Steph. I mean, he ha- he's averaging more points per game than he was in his unanimous MVP season, which to me, kind of, it's like, well, if you give it to him then with the Warriors as they were, right? maybe he kind of, maybe like why that to me seems like he deserves it. I don't know. I like, I like Steph for MVP. My MVP right now would be LeBron. Mm-hmm. Um, I think LeBron should have gotten the MVP last year, but I'm with you. I think that the NBA MVP, not so much in the NFL, because it's usually very obvious towards the end of the yes. season who the MVP is. Um, the NBA MVP really becomes a storyline. Definitely. And it changes every year. Like that's why last year I was like, LeBron deserves the MVP. He deserves yes. the MVP this year. I don't care about Giannis's stats. Like Giannis cannot even get to the Eastern Conference Finals. And I know it's a regular season award. No. But, that kind of drives me but, crazy though. That it that it is a regular season. This is a regular award. season award. Just I, I mean, and I guess I you understand have why. a postseason. You have a postseason MVP, I guess, in the in the finals MVP. But it's like if you're that good and maybe it's like if you here here's here's an interesting role. If you have been in the league for more than four years and your team has never made it to the playoffs, you can't be an MVP regular season. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's fair. They make the playoffs. So many teams make the playoffs. In, it's like, it's not NBA. that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that I'm with you on. Um, I know Giannis had an MVP season last year. It's just like, it was just based right. off stats. They're like, Oh, well, stats are better than last year to your point, And he won the MVP last year. Like, okay, but you guys change what the MVP is every year. So why? Okay. I guess that's what it is this year. Right. Um, do you believe in the Brooklyn Nets? I do. I really do. And and it's because watching them, I watched the start of the game last night and Kyrie just like immediately gets a ball and sinks a three and you're just like, oh, okay. I don't know. There's something I don't, I thought when um, it was just Katie and Kyrie without Harden, I thought that they would make it to the finals. And now I'm a little I'm wondering if it's like too much, too many good guys. And I know that sounds weird to say, but I, I feel like, um, I, I mean, I, they're third, what, third in the East right now? So, yeah, I, I also just, I mean, I just think it's so, you know, yeah, third. Patrick Ewing here behind me. It's such a, it's wild that, you know, Brooklyn's, Brooklyn has a shot and, and the, the poor Knicks, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Knicks are fun, you yeah. know? They are Julius Randle right I can give them that. That's they're fun. That's I know. Interesting. I picked the Nets to win the East before Harden Same. got there. Yeah. I, obviously, I know they have no defense. We know that. But what ha- what happened with Kyrie and Harden <laughs> this this week, I think, is significant. Um, with with Kyrie telling Harden he's the point guard, mm-hmm. um, and them having that conversation because I really believe in roles in the NBA. I think they're yes. very important. Like great coaches assign roles to players and get them to buy into their role. Totally and great. And be excited about contributing in their role. You don't have this in the NFL because you have positions An offensive lineman is not going to be like, coach, I want more carries. So that works. So like, you don't worry about that. Like, you know what your job is. Right. So I think it's very important because to your point, is it too much, which is everyone's concern other than mm-hmm. the defense, obviously. Um, and I think that when you have the assigned roles and everybody buys in and Kyrie is obviously the biggest question mark for buying into it. I think that's right. No, I think, I think you're right. I think that's true. And I, I think that Kyrie's level of, I feel like, you know, this is total speculation, but Kyrie to me has seemed to play best when he feels, um, appreciated and heard pretty much, which maybe with, with the coaching staff now they're able to do that. I mean, I think that the way they publicly handled his taking some time, um, this fall was a pretty good indication that they've got his back. And so if he can stay, locked in on that and if he and Harden can end up working in harmony together then like what a fun team what a fun thing to watch um but I could also see it just completely imploding <laughs> well at least it's gonna implode in the post it's gonna be interesting either yeah, way exactly we bring right. content that's what we do exactly we do 
Um, well, thanks so much for coming on with me, Charlotte. Uh, make sure that you follow her at The Wilder Things on Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to the People's Sports Podcast. She's she's not that new <laughs> to Fox Sports, but- uh, oh, we we'll know however yeah. long it works to be new for. If it's yeah. to my advantage to be new, then fantastic. <laughs> well, we're happy to have you um, and make sure you go follow her and support. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and um, and stay warm since it's like, Thank just, you. I guess, just cold in New York. It's just cold everywhere that's not California or Florida. Thank you so much for having me, Joy. It's great to talk to you. Thanks. What's up, Heller? What am I winning or quitting today? All right, Joy. Hello. Here on the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast, we don't have to get ready because we stay ready. Before Draymond Green dropped gems uh, on the world about the double standard between star players and owners, which we'll get to more later, uh, we were already planning on talking player empowerment in Wit It or Quit It today. Um, At the risk of oversimplification, player mobility has been more of an NBA notion of late uh, and overall until the likes of Aaron Rodgers and Sean Watson and Matthew Stafford started uh, trying to take control of their own careers. Joy. NFL players deserve more control over their careers, not less. Quit it or quit it. Quit it. Um, and I, I think I should clarify: star okay. NFL players, star NFL players. Got you. More control. Star NFL player equals NBA player. Is that what? We're... Uh, no. I mean, I mean it like this. Like, okay. I, I don't have a problem with player mobility. I think it's great for the league. I think it's great for us. I think it's fun for fans. We just saw Tom Brady leave the Patriots and go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Turned out well. Win a Super Bowl. Turned out well. At age 43. That's incredible. It's an amazing story for the league. It's going to give us content for bajillion years. And that's awesome. I don't have any problem with Deshaun Watson's doing. I don't have any problem with Aaron Rodgers putting pressure on the Packers to make some moves. Uh, Russell Wilson. Hey, can I get an offensive line so I don't get hit more than any quarterback in NFL history? Mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford. Hey, I've given Detroit a lot of years. Detroit's, uh, you know, it, we've not been great. I'm ready for something new and to prove that I'm capable. Well, I don't know what's going to happen, but whatever. Like, I, I'm I'm here for all of it. I don't think that, like, you know, fringe players should be coming out talking about, you know, I, I want to get traded. It gets out of right. hand. Like, right. if you are somebody who has earned the right to do that, then do it. We see it in every other business. It's not, this is not a new thing. And I think it's just a separation from fans in the media where sometimes fans and media, not myself for Me. obvious reasons. Me though. I'm <laughs> no, I'll be, fa- I'll be fans for this though. You can, uh, well, well I mean, fans. it's just, it's just that they forget that this is what these guys do for a living. Like this yeah. is their job. This isn't like something they do for fun. Yeah. That's They're not, not volunteers. They get a paycheck to do this and you've changed jobs. I've changed jobs. Some people have broken contracts and gone up and to sign new contracts executives do it uh, people do it all the time so yep. like, the only difference is no one shows up outside of our job with you know a hoodie with our names on it because then they would be dragged away to jail for stalking like that's what that's the oh, difference no. you have fans like fans who 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 wear your jersey fans who pay money to come and watch you perform. So there's this idea that you are supposed to be loyal not only to them, but to the organization that they like. And that's fine until that organization is no longer serving your long-term goals when you have sacrificed for them. Yep. Like, and, and I do think that there's a way to do it, which we'll talk about with the, with the Draymond situation. But mm-hmm. yes, player mobility, especially at the quarterback position, is great for the league. I, I'm happy that it's happening. I think Tom Brady having the success that he had this year will only continue to make it a thing because he's the greatest and it worked out at the highest level immediately. So the show's teams that they can, yeah, that they can be aggressive and it will pay off and that you don't have to hang on to this quarterback forever. Like you can make moves, swap. We want Matthew Stafford. You get Jared Goff. Cool. Let's do it. Maybe it's just not working here. Maybe it'll work for you. And I think that's great. I love it. It's great for the sport. It's great for fans. It's great for us. It's great for everybody. I'm so glad the NFL has embraced it. And, uh, you know, I don't know if they've necessarily embraced it, but it's happening. So I think the teams are embracing it and it is ultimately a really good thing for the league. Um, By the way, the people being upset about the 
Lombardi trophy being tossed. The the guy who the guy whose grand who his grandparents made it or something like that. His only I don't look. That's what you get upset about. That's fine. Get upset about it. That's what that's their thing. They got upset about it. I don't. What, what do you want them to do? I don't care. They drink <laughs> beer out of the Stanley Cup. Like get with. I bet you. I bet you. I bet you the family of the metal smith or copper smith or whatever it is that made it probably feels salty about that too the great thing about the nfl to your point which was excellent is that the draft happens so you get a chance at new exciting players every single year there's a pool of talent coming your way right. figure out a way to make it exciting and also uh, a happy workplace is usually a more productive workplace but yes generally it is yeah what do i know okay so now <laughs> let's get to those comments from my guy draymond green the Warriors' power forward slash shaman uh, went off unprompted during postgame last night, highlighting what he feels are some double standards in the NBA. Uh, Money Green specifically mentioned how players have to handle every situation with class, and even stars like James Harden are, quote, castrated for saying anything negative about their situation. Meanwhile, teams can trade or bench or disrespect or leak info about whoever without any expectation for respect. Joy, Dre is right. There is a double standard in how star players and teams are treated. Would it or quit it? Yeah, would it? Of course. I agree right. with everything he said, except for the James Harden part. Because this is where this is th this is where I separate from what what Draymond Green is saying. I'm a huge advocate for player mobility, as I've just mentioned. Mm -hmm. I Rewind. have no problem with people asking for trades if the situation is dysfunctional or if there's something that can't be fixed. Can't um, hurt to ask. I agree. Agreed. Um, I think that players, some players get to a point where like say James Harden, where the situation is no longer serving them. They, they're unhappy. The organization, you know, it's not working for whatever reason, whatever you want to, you want to trade. Right. Because this is why I don't like loyalty to organizations. It's silliness. Right. Yeah. This has always been the way it is, which is why when people start talking about loyalty, I'm like, shut up. There's no such thing as loyalty in professional sports. It doesn't make sense. This doesn't exist. Right. It's nonsense. It's a, it's a figurement of your imagination. Organizations cut people. They trade people. They sit people because they don't, they want to tank. They do everything and anything that they want. And then you expect players to be loyal to them. That I think is insanity. It's right. like it's like dating a toxic person. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> They're not gonna change. And this is how they behave. Now, I'm not saying that the setup is necessarily toxic because this is the game. This is the structure right. of this sport, of this business. It's how it exists. Yeah. That said, the double standard ends for me when you behave like James Harden behaved. You can't be out here posting stuff on Instagram, you're in clubs with, you know, no mask on, uh, you're breaking COVID here. protocols, yeah. you're coming in late to practice or, or, or missing practice, you're not telling people where you are, like, be a professional, be a professional, right? Yeah. You can say, I, I would like to be out of here and do it in a professional way. Because at the end of the day, you do have teammates, you do have a reputation. You do have a legacy. And if that doesn't matter to you, fine. But don't be mad when people are upset with you. So that's where I separate from Draymond. There, there should always be an expectation of dignity when you do something. Now, organizations do get held accountable when they don't do, they don't, do, they don't behave that way. Look at the Detroit true. Lions. Nobody has any, nobody has any patience for the, the way that they treated Megatron and what happened with Barry Sanders. We never forget that. Right. It, there's not this complete double standard that we don't hold organizations who are dysfunctional accountable. That's why everyone's supporting Deshaun Watson. That's why most people, Quiet as whether kept. they want to admit it or not, understood why LeBron left Cleveland and why he left a second time. Comic sense. Like, and why he left the Miami Heat, even though they weren't a dysfunctional organization. He was like, they, they, everyone is hurt. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go. Okay. So the idea that the organizations aren't held to the, the, the same standard, like, I, I wouldn't agree with that. I do think that there is a little bit of more favor and understanding on the organization side. And the reason for that is, is because that's the structure of the business. That's how right. it's works. normalized. Yeah. You can be not normalized. It is what it is. You can be traded. You can be, get cut. Like, and you do have the ability to negotiate those things in the CBA. That's why they have one of those. Yeah. So I think from a realistic standpoint, I understand what he's saying and I agree with him. Uh, organizations should be held to the same standard that players are held to as far as professionalism 
and dignity and honesty. I'm the first person when someone comes out and they were like, yeah, the coach told me they weren't going to trade me or the GM said like, go buy a house. Yeah, that, like, yeah. And then they trade them. Like I'm the first. Also, person, we like, do, we don't hold it against them for a long time, but we do. If, if a team handles someone poorly, we do not like that and voice those opinions. That's so. what I'm saying. Like, I don't think that it's, there's this blatant double standard out there that organizations aren't, aren't looked on poorly when they treat players badly. I don't think that's true. In the same respect, I don't like what James Harden did either. There's a way to go about things. So I do think that both sides need to be more respectful. Um, That I would agree with. And that's also the main thing that I agree with Andre, with with, what Draymond's saying is there's no loyalty. So don't be loyal, like not in in professional sports, not if it's your profession. That to me is silly. If an organization can do whatever they want with you, you need to do with the organization whatever you want to do. Right. Like that's just how that works. And we as fans and media need to respect that exchange. But I do think that it's right to still hold people to a level of professionalism yep. and a standard. What's happening with Andre Drummond and what's happening with Blake Griffin is just common sense. They're sitting him, they're sitting them because they don't want them to get injured. <laughs> they're trying right. to trade them. And they it, can't right. they can't have them out there playing and then they get injured and then their trade value is gone. Like that's the business. Like that this is the business that you're in. There are certain things that come with our business that I don't love, but I know I got to deal with it because this is the business that I chose. But there's certain parts of our business that are not going to change because it's the structure right. of our business and that just is what it is. And like I chose to be in this business so I understand it. But that doesn't mean that there can't be respect and dignity on both sides of, of the aisle. Like right. whatever it is, whether you're an organization or a player, I think a, a, a level of humanity and dignity is important. But what's happening with Drummond and Blake Griffin is not unprofessional. It's just common sense. Like they don't want them to get injured. Yeah. So they, yeah. have, they have to sit them. Yeah, my man Dre said a lot. I'm never ever gonna publicly disagree with Draymond Green. Uh, but yeah, I mean he he said so many things. He said so many things. It was it was hard to kind of put a a whole button on it. So I'll button it this way. Don't con go, don't confuse fanaticism with loyalty. Don't no. Good good button. <laughs> What's up, Donnie? What's going on? High key, low key this week. Hey, hey, all right, high key. When James Harden was traded to the Nets, most people thought, drama. Two superstars playing the same position in a sport with one ball. Although most sports only have one ball, I think. Loki, yeah. it's been pretty drama free though. Kyrie's gladly accepted the shooting guard position and he's having the best statistical season of his career. Joy, even with an injured KD, the Nets are the NBA's most dangerous team right now. Yeah, I don't know how they they couldn't be the most dangerous team right now. They're I don't know what they're averaging, but it feels like they're putting up 140 points a game. Something like um, that. Even as you mentioned, w- without KD, so they've got three superstars that they have to spread the ball around to once KD is is back in the lineup. But I think the most important thing, the most interesting thing that happened with them this week was that Kyrie admitted that he and James Harden had a conversation about him becoming the point guard about James Harden being the point guard and Kyrie playing shooting guard. Yeah. And everyone kind of scoffed at it a little bit. Like, Oh, isn't that supposed to be like the coach's decision? And Oh, like, d- did you really even make that decision? Cause obviously that's the position that James Harden plays, but the reality is it's important. I really believe, especially in the NBA, which has become mostly positionless with the exception of a few obvious big men. Mm-hmm. Um, and obvious little guys. Uh, it's mostly a posi- positionless sport for the superstars. And it's very important to know what your role is. And it's important for superstars to know what their roles are. Everybody has a role to play, even if you are one of the big three. One mm-hmm. of the biggest factors in the Miami Heat success when LeBron was down there with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosch is that the first year, obviously we know how it ended, you know, still in the NBA finals, but they didn't win. And the next year, Wade said, this is your team. So LeBron James, Wade, who was and is the face of Miami basketball and had already won the championship, turned the team over to LeBron James. And we all know what proceeded to happen after that. Roles rings. are rings. Rings on rings on rings. Okay, well, two <laughs> rings. But yeah, still, rings. the point yeah. is, it was LeBron's first championship and they went to four straight finals and won two championships. 
So roles are very, very important. So the fact that Kyrie not only has bought into this role, is encouraging James Harden to thrive in the role that he is in, and we all know what KD is capable of, this is a great sign for the Brooklyn Nets. I know it doesn't solve their defensive problems, but yeah. it, if they can continue on the path that they're on, I don't really know that it matters. If you're going to play defense, if they score every time they get the ball in their hands. Yeah. So I love this for the Nets. Um, I'm all in on the Nets winning the East this year. I don't know how anybody can, can really compete with them on the offensive side of the ball. I know it would be unprecedented for a team with essentially no defense to win a championship. I don't know if I'm going so far as they're going to win a championship this year, but they're certainly on the right path. And that was good news to me because that was my main concern is are they going to buy into the roles that they have to buy into in order to make sure everybody gets done what they need to get done. So it's a good yeah. time. Yeah. It's like they got that part of the process out of the way. Now we can get to winning some games and that's what's happening. All right. Uh, high key, the off season of quarterback movement continues. It looks like Carson Wentz is on deck. Low-key, the Windy City Bears have emerged as the front-running suitor for the Super Bowl-winning quarterback services. Joy, are you here for Carson Wentz turning in his wings for a pair of bear claws? <laughs> Rawr! Uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know what to make of Carson Wentz anymore. I feel like I'm... Uh, I just... I hate everything I'm hearing about him. It's so disappointing. Now, I've never yeah. been a Carson Wentz guy... I've always been a, a Dak girl, but, and, and look, like, I think we can very easily delineate their careers at this point, but, yeah. you know, everyone couldn't stop telling me how amazing Carson Wentz was, and I'm so silly for buying him to Dak, and here's Carson Wentz about to get traded, as the Eagles should, because it's, it seems like a toxic situation there. Yeah. I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know about the Bears. <laughs> I don't know about the Bears. I, I like their defense, but they weren't very good last year. They weren't as good as they should have been, I should say. Yeah. Uh, maybe they'll get better this year with a new uh, coordinator. They do have some pieces on the offensive side of the ball, but I think Carson Wentz really needs some playmakers. And what I don't like about the situation with Carson Wentz going to any other team but the Colts where Frank Reich is is that he's, we're hearing he doesn't like to get coached hard. And mm -hmm. bro, I don't know what you've done in your career that merits you behaving that way. Yeah. Yeah. So, you gotta back that up. Right. Like what's where, where, um, so I, I don't know that it's really going to work. I, I, I think I should still believe in Carson Wentz, but I just think it has to be the perfect situation for Carson Wentz. And that to me is the cult. So I, I would watch, I, I it, with interest and intrigue to see if it worked there. But I just think one, that division is really tough. And two, Chicago is slightly kinder to their stars than Philadelphia. I mean, that's a, that's a city that still demands excellence. Yeah. And again, if you're not going to, if you're not willing to be coached, if you're not willing to be told, this is not how you, you're doing it, you need to do it this way. I don't really know that it's going to work anywhere else other than, with the person who we originally saw him have success with, which is Frank Wright. True. Well, when it comes to food, I feel like food, the food translation from Philly to Chicago is pretty equal, but going from Indianapolis, I don't know what Indianapolis specializes in. So food ribs. wise, ribs. Okay. That's pretty good though. I think, that's, I think they're, I think they're a big barbecue place. Got you. Okay. I could I don't be know. wrong about that. I'm going to take Chicago deep dish pizza over indie ribs but that's just me personally a very unpopular opinion i'm all ears i love chicago in the summer okay. i want nothing to do with it right now <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, which is why i couldn't live there because their winters are brutal yeah i man. love chicago in the summer great vibes there's a butt amazing coming. food amazing restaurants this the is building to a butt everyone is so happy because the sunshine is out summertime Summer, summertime shy. I love it. Summertime shy is good. Deep dish pizza is not good. Deep dish pizza oh. is not good. Oh, it's, it's good. so filling. It's like, it's like, it's like cheese soup, but like, it's not soup. Not soup. And it's there's so much thick. sauce. Why do we need some sauce? Why is there so much sauce? So much sauce. Because there's so much bread. You got to back up the bread with the sauce. I feel like there's so I'm much a, bread. Uh, you got to have I'm some a thin crust. sauce. I'm a thin crust person. I can't Coaster. do all the dough. I yeah. Uh, you know, I, I tried it. 
uh, I went to like one of the originals. I can't remember the name of it. Um, very touristy and like got mm-hmm. myself one. <laughs> And I got through about three quarters of a slice and was like, okay, this is, uh, this is pizza yeah. soup. It's pizza you soup. Experience it. Yeah. It's a, it's a real yeah. pie. It's a true it's pie. It's not my, it's not my favorite. True pizza <laughs> it, pie. Is, it is. It is. But it's so saucy. I don't know. It's, it's so not good. my favorite. It's See, not my favorite. I love everything else about Chicago, yeah. but yeah. There's a but. All right. Well, <laughs> high key, apparently bullying, abusing, and being flat out racist towards players doesn't disqualify you from joining the ranks of NFL coaches, just as long as you know the right people. That's the American way. Low key, this isn't the start the Jags wanted with Urban Meyer, but it's the start they got thanks to his and Chris Doyle's 20-year relationship, I guess. Joy, uh, the good old boy days of the NFL need to die. Yeah, bye, Felicia. Yeah, adios. Peace out. No more. Bye. What is the point of this? Look, Urban is a friend of the network, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I think that he is going to, he's going to have success in Jacksonville. And I'm going to watch with great interest, obviously, because of Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer. But this was a bad decision. And yeah. we don't, the, the good old boy days, honestly, they're hanging on by a thread. And it's just, it's just time to understand that if you are going to behave this way, you are going to be held accountable. Yeah. Just know and that. If you it. want to be mad about it and call it cancel culture or whatever, I don't believe in cancel culture. I think everyone has made mistakes. Um, you, should, you should be able to learn and grow from your mistakes. You can't ask for growth and perfection at the same time. Those, those, those are not the same. They, they, they're contradictory. Yeah. If you're perfect, you don't need to change. Right. And no one is perfect. So we want to change hearts, right? We want people to grow. We want people to learn everybody. And there's, there's no, there's not, this is not an excuse machine here, but it's just reality. And that's where I like to function. Everybody does not come from the same place, whether they're right or they wrong, they're wrong. They don't. Urban Mm -hmm. Meyer has been doing things his way, sometimes wrong, sometimes right for a very long time now. And it's gotten him to where he is, which is the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. So he now has responsibility to build a staff and people like to hire people that look like them, that think like them, or that they know their track record or know them personally. So maybe they don't look like them or think like them, but they know them and they know their work. Right. Comfort zones. Which is the reason why he hired Chris Doyle. Mm -hmm. But when you are on this stage, it's not as simple as, oh yeah, I know him, I like what he does, and I and I, I know him personally, so I'm going to hire him. There's a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a whole other responsibility. There's a whole other factor that you have to consider when you're making these hires, which is what Urban learned. Chris Doyle should not have been hired. He just, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve a second chance, but he has been unemployed for a year, okay? Yes. So let's not feel, act like he's been wandering through the desert for 20 months, okay? Like he's, he's, he's been unemployed for a year, all right? And giving him this job is not helping him atone for his behavior. Right. Period. So it's not cancel culture. It's, there is such a thing as consequences to your yeah. actions. And Being this is my issue with people that freak out about cancel culture. Like I hate cancel culture, cancel culture, whatever, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. There is a difference between having consequences for your actions and being canceled, mm-hmm. okay? I don't believe that you should never be allowed to work and make money again if you make a mistake, right? And I want to be very specific also with that word mistake because people really like to kind of throw that around very casually, all right? Yeah. We're t- people who have been canceled, canceled, like actually canceled, who have done horrific things to other humans, mm-hmm. like for example, R. Kelly, or yes. Bill Cosby. Monsters we're talking about. Okay. Or Harvey Weinstein. Okay. Monsters. Cancel them. Yeah. It's, it's beyond cancel. It's not even about canceling them. Like they're, they need to be held accountable for their crimes. Right. Okay. That's a difference. So when you're talking about criminal behavior, assault, physically harming other people, you should be canceled because it should be beyond, beyond canceled. You should be held responsible according to the law. Mm-hmm. Boop. Now, if you're talking about something under that, saying something inappropriate, um, behaving in a way that is offensive, things that you can argue in your ignorance or, you know, you, uh, you need to learn. 
that this is inappropriate, right? Or you need to be held accountable for the fact that you're doing something inappropriate. Exactly. All right, there are levels to this, but don't come at me with cancel culture when there's no consequences. <laughs> like there has to be consequences. People don't need to be canceled and cast off into the oblivion because we all make mistakes, but there does have to be consequences. So I think people are getting lost in this idea that, you know, the, the, the cancel culture, culture mob is, is coming for everybody. Like, yeah. What, what's annoying is when you try to hold someone accountable and immediately it's like cancel culture. Like, okay, yeah. where are the consequences? Y'all been raised to think that you have no consequences for your actions, obviously. This is why we are here because you have been living your life with the idea that you can do whatever you want and there's no consequences for it. Sorry, I didn't real quick. No, like, no, it was worth <laughs> I mean, it. People need like, to that's hear it. My, that's my issue with this. Like, I am not a cancel culture person. I don't believe in cancel culture. I don't believe in canceling people for making mistakes. But mm -hmm. what is it that they did? <laughs> are we talking about a crime? Okay, are we talking about assault? Right. Right, are we talking about blatant, uh, consistent, systemic racism that they have been applying and installing into uh, organizations mm -hmm. and programs? What are we talking about here? Yeah, is it a one-time thing or is this a pattern that we're talking about? A pattern of mistakes, because mistakes in a pattern, that, that means that that's a, that's a habit. Do you make a mistake or is this how you live your life? All right, y'all got that? <laughs> Let it sink, let it marinate. Marinate, what I'm saying is just like, run it around a couple <laughs> times, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about it. All right. High key. JJ Watt found the exit from the Texans facility before Deshaun Watson did. Who'd have thunk it? Low key. Where or oh, where will JJ Watt take his future Hall of Fame services next, Joy? Where or oh, where indeed. So uh, I saw a report. Dang it. I can't remember who said it. Maybe Mike Girardi. Uh, the Titans are interesting. Ooh. Didn't think about that. Same division. Um, yes. However, they're in a much more <laughs> advantageous place right now mm -hmm. than oh, the yeah. Texans. Um, yes. He wants to go to a contender, of course, and he should. We all want to see J.J. Watt win a ring. Great guy, first ballot Hall of Famer. Legend. Legend, incredible player. Kind of, uh, you know, was really big into the workout videos for a while. <laughs> the guns. Got to show off the gun show. Pumping, bro. Tickets. <laughs> Uh, I don't mind them. I actually like, I've, I've found now that the workout videos are an essential part of the off season. Yeah. yeah uh, like if you thing. don't, if you don't post yourself working out, then you're like not really working out. It's kind of like, um, it's like food for everyone. Like if you don't post your food, do you even eat? It didn't happen. It's not in your stomach. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's lots for, so for lots of reasons we want him to win a ring. Uh, yeah. so he, and he wants to do that too. So that's why he's out. Like he wants to go to a contender. He wants to go to a place where he can contribute to uh, to a possible championship. So there's not really a long list of those teams. Right. Uh, so I think the Titans are very interesting. Um, the Browns have said that they're interested. I don't, I, the Browns are not winning a, a Super Bowl next year. Sorry guys. I, I have given you guys <laughs> lots of love and eaten lots of crow, but it's not your year. Um, and not that I think you're gonna take a step back, but it's just, it's not gonna happen. Yeah. And I, I really like the Packers. I think the Packers, like it's, it's Collins, like original theory, but I, I like the Packers. The Packers need a splash aggressive move. I like uh -huh. that. Um, I, 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 I could see him with the Titans as well. There's been some talks about the Steelers, obviously, because his brother is there, but I don't think the Steelers are in contention um, next year anyway. So uh, the Chiefs are also very interesting. Ooh, yeah, that is. It's not going to be expensive. Yeah. So uh, the Chiefs, the Chiefs are very interesting as well because they're going to be making some moves. And who knows? Like the Bucks, honestly, could be, could be as well. Uh, any of those teams that are right there that want to retool for next year and get to the championship, JJ Watt is on the market for you. And uh, if I have to guess, if I have to put my money anywhere, I would say it's the Packers. But there's a very short list of teams I think he's actually considering because he he wants to go somewhere where he's actually going to win right now, as he should. Yeah, I like the Packers for JJ. It's kind of like the Reggie White route, going out on top, legendary defensive end, fitting. Great reference. Hey T, what's going on? Culture Report this week. Hey Joy, so I watched Judas and the Black Messiah and whew, what a powerful and yet sad film. Like, I feel like everyone needs to see it. Like I can't remember the last time I seen a film that made me feel so 
angry and and helpless. Like I knew a Fred Hampton and what happened to him, but I think seeing it play out was just super heavy and it was just heartbreaking. Like he was only 21 years old and just that much of a threat to the FBI. So I feel like if you just let that sink in, like it just says a whole lot. And obviously I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to ruin the movie for those like that haven't watched it, but Fred was literally uplifting people that are like still fighting to this day. So must watch. Daniel Kaluuya performance was astounding. Lakeith Steinfeld did amazing. I'm just completely blown away by the film. I've heard nothing but amazing things. I haven't gotten a chance to watch yet, um, but I am obviously going to see it. Uh, I've heard nothing but amazing things. and I'm really, really excited to see it. I, I'm so sad that we can't discuss it because I haven't seen it yet, um, but I am going to see it. And yes, I, and, and to your point, he wasn't a threat to the FBI. He was a threat to white society, which was controlled, which the FBI was controlling. So that's really what it was. He was educating people. He was uplifting the black community. He was a revolutionary. And If you look throughout that period of time and, you know, kind of pay attention to right now, black revolutionaries, the government usually gets involved. So that's, uh, and and that's like, what's wild really about that whole story is that, you know, I think even sometimes people tend to forget like what happens with Martin Luther King Jr. Like you have like government agencies, you know, posting things about, Martin Luther King Jr. on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, like, excuse me, there is a reason why he is no longer with us. Like, and your organization played a role in that. Um, so let's like have some self-awareness to how this all went down and like not repaint history. But yes, I'm definitely looking forward to to seeing the movie. Yeah, good girl, good. Um, so Justin Timberlake took to Instagram, as we know, to write a public apology about how he handled the aftermath of his relationship with Britney Spears and then the whole wardrobe malfunction at the two, at the Super Bowl with Janet back in 2004, which I didn't realize was that long ago, but wow, it's been like 17 years. But I didn't realize like how both these women like were ridiculed for years. And then he got a pat, like a pass. Like I grew up listening to Britney, obviously. And then I remember after the breakup with Justin, there was like this shift. Like I was a kid, but I remember hearing that she was like crazy and unstable. But I remember like the media just tore her apart. And it's like, she never came back from that. And then Janet Jackson, like she was pretty much blacklisted after that. I mean, I think, and then I think that same year, I was reading that she was pulled from presenting at the Grammys. Justin was still performing, even though he was involved. And I feel like this is just like a learning experience. Like when you see that people you care or cared about being portrayed in such a negative light, especially by the media, like I feel like you just can't be quiet about that because that's super damaging. And it's been 20 years. So obviously like these women can't go back and they can't change what happened. But I just hope like going like forward, we can start the we can start to change like the way we treat women because it just, it's not right. You know, I'm glad that he wrote the apology because I do think that there is value in atonement and there is value in pointing out that, that you've learned and you've grown and in also just taking some responsibility, even if it's not gonna fix something, or, you know, erase time, just taking responsibility for, you know, the role that you could have played in this case, and this not happening. Now, you know, society was different. So would they have listened to him? Maybe, but it was on him to speak up in that space. And you're totally right. The Janet Jackson thing resurfaced when he performed at the Super Bowl, because you remember, I was like, where's Janet? (laughs) How do we have Justin back? And there is no Janet appearance. My thing with the whole Super Bowl situation was like, am I confused? Like maybe I was watching something different because the way that I remember it and the way that all the videos show it was that he ripped off her top. He did. (laughs) The removal of the clothing was Justin taking it off. Why is Gina being canceled? Why is Gina being blacklisted? You were the one who did the thing. What are we talking about here? So like that part has always completely blown my mind. Like I was never mad at Janet anyway, because you know, the human body doesn't offend me because I'm not like weird, but I mean, I get it. Like, you know, you have children watching the Super Bowl. Super Bowl halftime show is supposed to be a little bit PG, fine. But both of them should have been punished equally. Okay, equally. 
Justin was the one that did it. <laughs> How yeah, is he not being held accountable? And that's what bothers me about the situation because, you know, Brittany and him, and obviously Brittany, you know, she had a very public meltdown. What the, what the cause of that meltdown was, you know, it, it, we probably will never know because that is Brittany's like personal business. And obviously she's been in this, you know, weird situation in conservatorship with her father. Like there's a lot going on there and he could have stood up for her as well. And now, you know, people are standing up for her and giving her a voice in this like very strange situation. But with Janet, I feel like if you are seeing that some, if you are both involved in the same situation and you're seeing someone being unequally, like he should have said, I'm not going to perform at the Grammys if Janet can't perform. Like I'm not going to perform at the Super Bowl if Janet can't come. I'm going to do that because this is not right. I was involved in the situation too, but I'm not being held accountable. And that is the lack of awareness that these white men who get these passes participate in. Like you don't have to deal with the consequences, but then you can't understand why other people can't achieve the same things that you do. You don't have consequences for things. That's why, <laughs> that's why this is happening. So him making that statement, I do think it's important whether it changes anything or not, it at least brings like, okay, like, listen, at least you understand now that you could have participated in the shift, okay, at the moment. It shouldn't have taken you 17 years to realize, like, that you should have stood up for Janet. You're the one that did it, but you got away with it. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. And as far as Britney goes, like, we got free Britney. We got to get her out of there. We do. We do. We but free Britney. I wanted to mention, too, there was a video that surfaced of Janet talking to Oprah, even saying that she wished that he would have spoke up. So, like, that could have been an opportunity there, too, because she said it in an interview, you know? But, yeah, no, he had, he had plenty of chances. He shouldn't yeah. have done the Super Bowl. Uh, he should have done the Super Bowl. That yeah. He should not have done the Super Bowl without Janet. Without, without an appearance by Janet, he should not have done the Super Bowl. That's selfish. It's wrong. And that Super Bowl performance was whack. And, I, and that Man in the Woods album was terrible, too. So whatever. <laughs> Out there doing the Trolls theme song. Terrible <laughs> performance. So Meghan Markle and Prince Harry are living their best private lives. They're expecting baby number two. And they're going to be speaking with Oprah on March 7th. So I'm curious to hear how life has been since like stepping down from the royal duties. I, I realize they haven't had an interview since like their engagement back in like 2017. So I'm excited to hear their updates, like the highs and lows and what's next for them. But I love how they're making like their own tradition, as we all know, like they're not feeding into a narrative of how to live as royalty, if you will. So I'm definitely looking forward to the interview and hearing about their lives from their mouths, like not by the media's assumptions. Oh, I can't wait for this. I can't wait for this. Everybody's having babies. My brother's having a baby. Um, he's having a baby boy. They found out yesterday. Uh, my oldest niece is having a baby. Um, she's going to find out in a couple weeks. And uh, so I'm going to be a great aunt. And, uh, you know, the, the Duchess of Sussex is having a baby. So it's like basically all family. Um, <laughs> but, no, I'm very excited. I'm very excited for this interview because I, I think that... And maybe we'll never find out, but the way it looks to me is that this was the plan all along. I think Harry was like, I'm done with this life. I'm done with this bullshit. I know what you did to my mother. Okay. I've dealt with this for long enough. So we gonna get this nice big wedding. Y'all gonna pay for it. We have a lovely time. You know, we're a beautiful tiara. You know what I'm saying? And then we're going to leave. We're going to leave. We're going to get about this bitch. And I'm happy for them. I don't understand. I mean, I guess it's not, it's not our culture. So maybe there's like a more attachment to it, but like, I, I don't have an addiction over controlling other people's lives. So if this is what makes them happy, he's not going to be King anyway. Right. <laughs> so what's, what's everybody tripping about? What's everybody tripping about? So I don't know. It's not my culture. I don't understand. But I'm happy for them. And I cannot wait because you know Auntie O is going to do one of those interviews where we're going to get all of the tea. Yes. I would like the tea. I would like the tea. I would like the British tea, please. <laughs> British tea. <laughs> oh, gosh. So... Beyonce Snap, girl, she got a new line. Well, it's like an extension of Ivy Park. It's called Icy Park that drops on February 19th. Joy, you know, she had me at the package. Like, it's so dope. I got stuck on, like, the shoes. The shoes come in a block of ice. Like, you have to break it 
open. Like the marketing team is just super creative. I feel like she never disappoints. Everything she does touches is just fire. I want the entire collection, of course. I'm still waiting on my box and I'm just never giving up hope. <laughs> um, yeah, Beyonce looks amazing. That <laughs> promo on that like white couch thing, I'm like, sis, it's rude of you to do that, Beyonce. None of us look like that. <laughs> she looks amazing. She looks amazing. Yeah, everything Beyonce does is perfect. Um, yeah, I don't know. We, we have to we have to up our influencer status, I think, to <laughs> be able to participate in these drops. Um, which I just I don't know. I don't know if I have that status yet, but um, yeah, it, it all looks amazing. Everything she does is perfect. It's just she's she's queen of the universe. She's queen of all of us. Yes. She runs our lives. <laughs> Who won the world? Beyonce. Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us this week. Make sure that you subscribe on YouTube. Check us out on all of our uh, platforms. You can listen on any podcast platform that you have. Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartMedia, Apple Podcasts. Um, check us out on social media at Maybe I'm Crazy Pod. Follow myself at Joy Taylor Talks. Be safe and have an awesome week. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. Ooh.